His question is uh, in many of the hymns to uh, God or Mother Divine, there's a word that comes uh, not so infrequently, and that is Papanashini. Papa means sin, or you may think it means sin, or the common definition is sin, but it is not just sin. And Nashini means one who destroys your sins. Sarva Dharman Parithaj Mamekam Charanam Vraj Aham Tvam Sar Pape Bhyo Mokshashyami Machuja Kantai Krishna says You just seek my refuge. Let go of all your concerns, worries, doubts. Because once you come in my refuge, I will set you free from dukkha, a sense of suffering, from your papas, from your sins. And I will take you to moksha, to nirvana, to liberation, to redemption, to ultimate freedom. So, what does pap mean? Pap does not mean wrong karma alone. Doing a wrong action is not always the definition of sin. Pap basically means a deep sense of guilt you carry in your heart when you do anything that you think was wrong. The world may think it was right thing to do, but you deep in your heart, may think that I did something wrong. When your perception is that I did something wrong, that is Papa, that is sin. Because Vedas don't really go into great detail about what is or isn't sin. That's a very uh, Western notion, that absoluteness, that this is absolutely bad, this is absolutely good, this is absolutely moral, this is absolutely immoral, this is absolutely great, this is absolutely horrible. That is not the view of the Vedas. Vedas believe in a sense of relativity. I was reading the, uh, not really biography, but memoirs uh, of this person. He went through many foster homes in his life, had a very, very difficult childhood. Pretty much he spent his whole life, whole childhood in different institutions. Sometimes from one foster family to another and to another. His father would tell him when he was with his biological father that you need to have that aggression in you. And what he would do, he would uh, stick his head in his legs and start slamming him, pretty much spanking him on his head and say, until you feel angry, until you feel really that aggression coming up, you're not ready for the world. And he thought anger was a normal way of life. So he went through some very difficult circumstances. So much so that when he was 19 years old, he ended up in a prison for the rest of his life, pretty much. And there, 
he got charged with the murder of a sergeant, of a prison guard. There were three people involved in that murder. The one person who said, yeah, go on, you know, teach him a lesson. Second person who actually stabbed the sergeant. And third person who sharpened this piece of metal and passed it on. He was the third person. And he was locked in his cell when the murder actually happened. The other two got sentence, life sentence, and he got death sentence. So he narrates this story. His name is Jarvis J. Masters. He became a Buddhist later on. He's still serving. He's still on the death row. Next to his cell, there was a very young guy, a young boy, barely 17. And he had already been in prison for, I think, seven or eight years by that time. So he was 26 or 27. And this guy is talking to him through his cell. And while he's talking, he says, you know, this life uh, is shitty. This is a very difficult life. And I don't wish to live it. He said, hey, you know, come on, man. Take it easy, you know. You'll get used to the prison thing. Don't worry. It's another world in here. He said, no, but I don't deserve to be here. And I don't want to be here. And he said, no, I have to go. I have to go. And, you know, this is a talk that most prisoners give every now and then. So he said, look, in his heart, he's thinking, I would like to talk to this guy because it's just next prison, a uh, next cell. But he said, I was so sleepy and so tired that I thought, you know, why bother? I'm sure he's going to be all right. And he said, you know, before going to bed, I said to him, Brian, his name was Brian. It's Brian. He said, no response came. I said, yeah, whatever. He said, in the wee hours of the morning, you woke up to this loud shrill of the alarm going, you know, guards running down in their combative uh, thing, man down, man down, they said, you know, stand clear, open cell number 64. So this guy had torn off the sheet, taken strands from that sheet, braided them together, made a little rope enough to hold his neck together and had uh, pretty much hung himself, hanged himself, sorry with the, the little wall, with the, the, the window, the bars in the window, and he was dead. So this man, Jarvis, said even till this day, he's been in the prison for more than 20 years now. He said, even this till day, I feel guilty. I feel guilty that I committed a great sin that night, that I did this great sin, this power, by worrying more about myself and my going to sleep than tending to somebody who needed me there. Maybe I could have talked this guy out of suicide. But I just assumed that he is actually not gonna, he was not going to do it. That's what pop is. It's something that weighs on your conscience. And how do we determine what is a sin? Often we determine based on what we have read in some text, in some book, in some scripture 
that tells us this is sin, this is okay. What is pleasing to God is good. What is not pleasing to God, therefore a certain book is bad. And different religions have different view of sin. Some religions will say to kill is a sin. Some will say to kill an infidel is not a sin. Somebody who doesn't accept your religion as supreme, to kill that person is not a sin. So, when in these Totras and Stutis, it says that I am going to set you free from, from your sins, basically it means that I am going to give you enough wisdom to know what is a sin and what isn't a sin. Nachama tani karmani nivadhananti dhananjaya. Udasino dasino saktam deshu karmasu. Karmas don't tie me down, Krishna says, because I do those karmas, those actions with a sense of great detachment. When you are not putting yourself first, when you're doing something for the world, for the other person, for greater good, for the greater good, how can you be tied down by that karma? You can't. If a soldier shoots, Somebody, he is not charged from, uh, you know, for murder, charged with murder. He or she just did his or her duty. So when you understand what is my duty, what is my moral duty, what is my social duty, and what is my, you know, spiritual duty, then you know your dharma, because duty is dharma. Any act performed in accordance with dharma can never be seen. By dharma, I don't mean religious books. By dharma, I mean knowing what's right. Yasya naham krito bhavo buddhir yasya na lehpate hatvaipasema lokan hanti na nivaddate The one who is acting in a selfless mode, in a selfless sentiment, such a person is not bound by karma. Karma is what you do selfishly. Power. When you put yourself first, oh, I would love to have this. I don't care about the other person. Then every single little act is a sin. And then when you pray, when you eulogize, when you sit down and meditate on the divine form, at that time, basically what's happening is you are inculcating, if you are doing it right, it would make you humble. One most definitive way to understand whether or not your prayers are right, whether your meditation is correct, whether you are progressing spiritually, is to see where you stand on the graph of humility. If you feel even more egoist, then earlier, saying, hey, look, I sit down and meditate for 10 hours. Who's like me? Or I can do this, I can shut down my heartbeat, and this and that and the other. Then that's ignorance, that's ego. That means you are not progressing spiritually. You attained something which is pseudo-spiritual, quasi-spiritual, but not anything spiritual at all. So when you pray, when you meditate, 
when you chant, when you eulogize, when you chant his holy names or sing his or her glories. At that time, if you don't feel humble, you are doing papa. And they would make you humble. If you are humble, you are unlikely to hurt the other person, you see. And if you're not going to hurt the other person, you are committing no sin. And that's really the definition of sin. Anta kahalecha mami svanuluktak levram yah pariyati samad bhavam nasti yatra samche. At the moment of your death, whatever you meditate upon, you will become that. You will merge in whatever is your object of focus at the moment your soul leaves your body. If at that point in time you are thinking about all that your life has been, if your mind is thinking, which it would be if you haven't trained it while you were living, then you are going to come back into this world and be caught up again in the cycle of birth and death, karma and good and bad and right and wrong and so on. If at that time you can be humble and you can surrender and you can let go, you've got it, you nailed it. There is liberation just across the shore, just one step away. And that's what it means when it says, Papanashini, that I will take care of you. Those who are very dear to me, I go and sit myself and seat myself in, in their consciousness, in their chitta, in their mind that's forever moving in their hearts. And there I light the, uh, the, I light the lamp of, of wisdom. Of insight and then such a person would know what is the right action to take at any point in time so that light is wisdom that light is punya and when you do anything with faith with devotion that is punya karma but if there is no faith if there is no devotion doesn't matter what ritual you are doing, what mantra you are chanting, which God you are praying to, that's going to lead nowhere. That's really the basis of, of spirituality. That whatever you do, you do with a sense of purity. You do, do it with a sense of honesty. And you do it with some faith, some devotion. Understanding that I am not the sole doer. I am the doer, but not the only doer. I'm an agent. I have to perform an action. I am an instrument. My strings have to be, you know, properly tuned for the music to come out. But somebody else is also responsible for playing this instrument. That humility makes you big. Expands you. And then you, you feel empowered. If a lion is, is walking in the woods, goes sauntering about and kills a game, he hasn't done any papa. He's just followed his natural dharma. 
And to know your dharma is oh, perhaps the greatest realization you can have. Because then you don't always find yourself pleasing people. Sometimes you will say, this is the right thing to do, and I'm going to do that. 